The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. power, power. G'day everybody and welcome to the I Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast. Coming to you live on Port Fan Radio. I'm your host, Macca19, and joining me is Portia. Hello. Mate. How are we today? Very Pretty happy excited, indeed. I hope. Very excited, very happy. Yeah. Got the mop, that's nice. Got the uh, lop. Popped him in, so uh, got the lop. Got the lop. Um, good old Mott. Yeah. How good yeah. is that? Let's get, might as well get straight into it. Talk about uh, Stephen Motlop first up. Four-year deal, um, decent-sized contract. Geelong get pick 19. Who would have seen that happen? I don't happen? know how that happened. Well, pick 19, I don't think anyone saw happening, but there you go. Hmm. Right, do you reckon there's hmm. a bit of a... We will give you pick 19, but you have to send it to Gold Coast for Gary Ablett sort of thing going on. Look, I mean, I would have said that, except that nothing happened today, so maybe not. I don't know. Um, like, if that was the case, I would expect that to turn around straight away. Um, I don't know. It's the AFL, though. Like, they've never been apologetic about the things they've done, like the arbitrary giving of um, Lee Brown, you know, 20 years ago to a free man or for no apparent reason, pick five, free, have a free pick five, there you go. Um, you know, they never had to explain it. The priority pick to Brisbane a couple of years ago, whatever it was, no, nah, no, nah, they just do it. So, you know, we, we should probably should have got that for a couple of guys, but whatever, who cares. We got Motlop, that's more important to us right now. Yeah. I think there's a fair bit of underrating of Stephen Motlop going on at the moment. I think he's, on the open market, I think he would get something similar to pick 19. If you look at similar trades that have happened over the last three or four years, there's certainly a lot of players of his quality and talent who have been traded for similar picks. So I don't think it's that unusual that he's been rated that way by the AFL. Um, but is it consistent with other ratings? Well, of course not. <laughs> no. of course See, not. that's the thing. Because, I mean, the fact that he'd get a higher compensation this is the AFL Rockliffe we're about, is kind of weird. Mm. Like Rockliffe, you know, come on. It's all Australian. Team captain, all Australian. Team captain, yeah. Yeah. Worth a full round less than uh, Stephen Motlop, who had a couple of good finals. <laughs> so, I know you know, that sounds two, like a gist, but it's younger, really not. I guess that's, that's probably the thing. Is that oh. He's a couple of years younger. I don't, I don't know. I don't understand or, or try and understand what the AFL does, but I'm super, super happy that we've got him. Yeah, no, that's good. Um, it certainly uh, fills a weakness in our side that is really, I think, that's pretty evident. Um, and it makes him a really fantastic replacement for Impey. You know, like we've lost um, Impey and we replace him with Motlop. Like, that's pretty golden, isn't it? Um, if we manage re- to replace Jackson Trengo with Watts. Yeah. Well, that's it. We've replaced yeah, yeah, Impey we've... and we've essentially replaced him with the finished article of what we hoped Impey would become. So, <laughs> yeah. Without uh, the risk that he doesn't. <laughs> without the risk, yeah. And the, uh, and the mass turnovers and uh, dropping the ball at inopportune moments. Um, well, I, I think Motlop's a, a really fine player. He's, he suits us down to a T. Would have been nice to keep Impey and have Motlop because that would have been uh, interesting to watch. But uh, nevertheless, I, I'm pretty stoked to get him. I think he's going to suit our game plan perfectly. I think he's going to absolutely nail it next year and have a ripper season. And uh, look, if we can nail Jack Watts as well, then uh, look, it's pants down, lap around the table time. You're just about, isn't it? Like... Um... Yeah, if we can do that, like that addresses directly all three issues that we talked about, you know, as soon as we lost the final to West Coast, pretty much, that we need a more, uh, more attacking midfield, we need more of a, a proper forward, and we need like an actual key forward to pair up with Dixon, and if we get Watson, we've done all three of those. Um, yeah. Shit. <laughs> Look, honestly, you know, we, that's, that's... We, we might be critical of Ken, and uh, a lot of the supporters are, but... Look, he must be doing something right to attract these sorts of players to Port Adelaide. Yeah, look, he must be... I mean, he must have the gift of the gab, I guess. I don't know. Uh, was, I think I read somewhere about the the, um, the country boy angle that he took with uh, getting Rockcliffe over. Um, I don't know if that's a, a factor in other trades or not, but, um, yeah, no, it's easy. I guess they see the stability, they see the decent position, and most of all, like, I think more than anything else, like, the fact that we just said, you know, they exactly address our, our needs, like, 
the players know them, their own value. They know themselves and they know that they directly address all of our needs. You know, there's not some, any risk of them being shunted off or anything like that. It's like they'll be playing every game and it'll be super important to the side. So yeah, um, that's a good situation to go into is a finished side that needs the final touch. Um, what what player with any ego would not think I could do that? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No doubt. I, I can be the one that pushes them over the edge and gets the premiership. Like that's that's you know, that's what footballers are raised on, isn't it? Like that whole belief, like the kick after the siren. That's effectively what they're trying to do in this uh, trade period. They're coming oh, to port sure. to be the kick after the siren. So, yeah. literally, literally, really. Yes. Um. So. No doubt. Yeah. A couple of other trades that have happened since we last spoke. Um, Adam Saad got uh, traded to Essendon today for a, a future second rounder. Yeah. It's a pretty decent deal there, I think. Um, Provocative too. Yeah, and it looks like uh, Gold Coast might um, be replacing Adam Saad with a better version in uh, Lockie Weller. Yeah, no, that's an interesting one. But just on the Essendon angle, like, doesn't that mean that Essendon can't trade their first round pick now? Their future first round, sorry. Like is that? Do you think that's partially a, a ploy in the Stringer book? Don't know. Oh, I'm not sure. Are you sure? Because you can trade a first, or you can trade any other picks, but you can't trade your first and your second, for example. Yeah, potentially, potentially. Um, mm. Yeah, I think you are right there. Uh, yeah, that that could be a, uh, a, a point. But then, <laughs> look, Geelong have traded you know their first couple of picks. You know for the last few years and it seems like the rules don't that's seem true. to matter. So That's true. They need to come. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, you're right. What am I talking about? They'll make any reason this, for it. As, they, as we mentioned nothing. five minutes ago, this is the AFL here. Like, it's, you know. it's the AFL. <laughs> and again with Geelong, uh, like, right. uh, it seems like Geelong have carte blanche to do whatever the hell they like. So uh, good on them for some they reason. They really do. Mm. And uh, Hayden um, Crozier has been uh, traded to the dogs for a packet of crisps, uh, essentially. So, um, not sure how either team feel about that. No, look, I, I don't care about that one. It's mm. not interesting to me at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ryan Filler on the speaker chat reckons that Freo won't pick two from Gold Coast. I presume yeah. for Weller. So yeah, that's a, that's a, that's something. Uh, <laughs> that's a thing. It is, yeah. Look, they they have come out and said yes, we are after pick two for him, and uh, I think their reasoning is that you know he was a first round pick, he was pick thirteen a few years ago. He's now had a, a great season. He's on the verge of becoming a really really important player. Um, why shouldn't they get some sort of return on their investment? And uh, the logic is fair enough, but they're never going to get pick two for Lockie Weller, ever. Um, the only way that no, that happens is if they is if they get. Um, if they give pick five back, so it's a you know, get pick two, give back pick five. Well, it just seems like a bit of a no, you're not getting traded sort of deal. Like, um, yeah. I mean, who announces with only what three days left in the trade week? Oh, yeah, I'd like to change clubs when you're that when you're that you know, highly valued player at your current club. Like, who does that? Mm. Who you know, what, what's, what's the cause that suddenly has made him decide? In the last 48 hours, I want to leave that wasn't there two, three, four weeks ago when this club could have had a well, bit of warning. I did, I did listen to um, I did listen to the trade radio today, and uh, they spoke to his manager, and he said that um, he was offered a four-year contract a couple of weeks ago, and um, he's had a big think about it, and he's decided that he does not want to live in Perth for the next five years because he's already contracted for next year, so. Um, and he yeah. just wants to go home. His partner's from Queensland as well. Lockie lived in Queensland for much of his uh, sort of teenagehood. Um, you know, he's uh, obviously went through the Gold Coast Academy as well, so he knows the club. Um, you know, fair enough, I guess. Yeah, look, I mean, I guess, I don't know. It just still seems... Like either Freo knew it was coming and they're being unreasonable, or they didn't. Well, they didn't know it was coming and they're being reactionary. <laughs> it's got to be one of those, I kind of think. Yeah. Um, yeah. Pretty much. Pretty much. Right. Let's talk about um, the reason for this podcast and the podcast coming in the next few weeks, and that is the draft. Yeah. Draft time again. All right. I love it. Um. So my first question to you is: uh, I want your thoughts on this draft as a whole. Um, I know 12 months ago you were very bullish on this draft. It was meant to be a really big tolls draft. Probably hasn't panned out that way, but uh, what are your feelings towards the 2017 AFL draft? 
Ah, uh, look, I, I, I think it might not be uh, everything it could have been, but, uh, you know, this tool's there, you know. Um, we're going to talk about two in this week um, that uh, are right up there is, or three, actually, three, maybe four. Um, Ballenden, obviously, but he's an academy player, but um, the other one would be Jared Brown, just in the Allies side, and, you know, you can't really even expect tools in the Allies side. You've got mm. uh, Sam Hayes, and uh, I can't even list them all off right now, but um, there's still options there for tools. Uh, and they're not all academy locked, uh, which is good. Um, I feel like that if we'd had an early pick, we would still be getting a fantastic player with it. So it's just really a matter of how deep it goes. Like I don't think I don't think there's going to be anything in the third round worth getting this year. Um, yeah, that, that's probably my thoughts as well. Is that uh, the depth of this draft is nowhere near what it was last year. Um, mm. I've probably got about twenty five players less that I'd be happy to draft this year than I was last year. Um, yeah, I think the reason, the big reason why a lot of people were having a crack at this year's draft, I think, is that all the tolls that were rated exceptionally highly last year, pretty much none of them have delivered this year. Um, we're going to talk about Ballenden in a minute, but he was one. You've got to look at Darcy Fogarty as well. Nathan Kruger hasn't really sort of developed either. Noah Bolter. Um, there's probably another sort of four or five as well, which have kind of now got big question marks over them and, and where they fit at AFL and, and where they might get drafted, whereas 12 months ago they were all looking at sort of, uh, you know, top 20 sort of material. Um, so that's one reason, and I just don't think the depth is here this year. Um, you know, once you're sort of getting to about pick 40-odd, then you're, you're kind of starting to hit the territory where you think, well, you know, I, I'm not sure if an I'm AFL not. career for these guys is... is uh, is probable. Likely. No. Um, look, I mean, there's always a difference between tools performing in the uh, under-17s or under-16s, whichever it is, um, and the, the under-18s competition. Um, famously, tools dropped down in that uh, late last year, but they sometimes they come up, and I wouldn't say it's infrequent for them to come up. Um, I don't know. Like, Jay Schultz is a classic example. He had a brilliant under-16s year and then under-18s. Yeah, he was all right. He was still a first-round pick, and he probably was middling for a big chunk of his career, and then he got really, really good. So um, all players develop different rates, I guess. I think that Sam Hayes, just speaking about him again, like he looked more vital last year. But, you know, when you've done it once and you're doing it a second time, maybe you don't – I don't know, I'm not saying he's not trying, but, like, you just don't have that same this-is-everything thing, and it might be the case with a few of the tools. Um, and particularly the uh, um, academy-linked ones, because I still reckon, when you're looking at these guys that we're going to talk about this week uh, and how there seem to be good players, good performing players among the ones that aren't allied, uh, aligned to an academy and the ones that are aligned to an academy are a little bit less so, yeah. I just kind of wonder how much we're being foxed uh, by the academy teams. So, mm. Mm. Not sure. I guess we'll talk about that. We've got a couple of questions just to start with. One from Andre, uh, which is assuming we get Watts and lose Loby, Young and Archie. For each host, has this changed the types? Um, for example, inside mid, speedy, key position forward, you'd look to draft if you got to choose for Port. Not really. Um, for the reason that we already talked about, which is, you know, lots of players in MP, so that's cool. Yep. We still probably have a bit of a forward deficiency in the depth of our list. Uh, for smalls, and the same with the tools. If we get a Watts, for example, um, getting a Rockliffe, I still feel like we could easily fit another uh, attacking midfielder, um, and that might be through drafts, certainly, as opposed to trading for someone while we've still got Trade Week active, and that's fine because drafting one is probably all we need to do. Because uh, again, our depth there is a bit, little bit shallow, and if we lose Aaron Young, well, that's another guy who theoretically was that player that we're replacing. So, yep. um it kind of ends up being like for like for what, we, what we've done um, and we kind of need to keep pushing a little bit harder in that direction, if anything. So, yep. yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable with um, yeah. just continuing doing what we've done before. Like, we still don't yeah. need a key, a key back one or anything. No. For me, for me, as I know as well, I'd be looking at best available, whatever that is. Um, with the proviso based around good skills, I think um, good skills is the non-negotiable for us this year and everybody that we've got to draft has to know how to kick and, and kick well. And I'll, look, I'll, I'll have an, always have an aversion, but I've still very much have an aversion. There seems to be a lot of them in this draft of um, small contested footballers. Because mm. um, yeah, I've always is. have doubts about how they'll translate to the upper level. Yeah, there are. So, mm. 
Um, and one from Pommy Power, which is, uh, should we, given our strategy in this trade period, cash in the rest of our picks for next year and go hard for that draft? Um, look, I don't know. Uh, 30 and 33 are okay picks. Uh, I would be kind of on board if we could trade out whatever our pick after that is to upgrade one of those to, a, you know, something in the 30, and the top 30, that would be pretty ideal, but... As the, for trading them to next year, like, I don't know, how many young guys do you want to bring in at once um, in that respect? Like, we'll have picks next year. We'll have a first and a second and a third. That'll be good. It'll be good in a good draft. It would be nice to have an extra. Um, I don't know. I kind of feel like the only way we should be getting picks is if we're losing players. Yeah. Um, shuffling, shuffling to just get a slightly higher grade in the future like just just doesn't really seem to be doing anything much at this point. If we can get an extra second rounder next year, I'd be pretty happy given the depth of next year's draft, what it looks like at this point what in time. What'd you give up for it? Like, well, you trade 30-33 really I mean, Well, probably not, no. I think 30 and 33 are reasonably val- valuable this year. Because um, mm. you don't really want to... I mean, that ends up, you know, we're going to be drafting like 49, 60, 80... Yeah, exactly. This year, which you probably don't want. Um, but look, if if one of these guys like Archie and Young do end up getting traded, then I'd be pushing for a pick next year as opposed to this year. Yeah, that's probably more where I'm headed. Yeah. So yeah, if we if we lost Aaron Young and got a next year pick, for example, that'd be great. And the same with Archie. Yeah, I'd be I'd be pretty happy with that. Yeah. Um, well, I'm actually that gives surprised. us a whole year. I'm very surprised at how many uh, future picks have been traded so far. There's been eight picks in next year's draft uh, already traded. And I honestly thought that um, given that it does look like being a bumper draft, that uh, they'd be worth a bit more. But it looks like um, teams are using them to try and uh, get deals over the line. I think it comes down to the teams that are doing it. Um, like, we know why Melbourne did it, and it's because they've got a bazillion draft picks already, so that they've got less of a need for a top 10 pick, or whatever it might be, than almost any other club. Um I don't know, like, I still don't want to give us out, give up ours, and even though it might be a little bit random as to what it ends up being. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, the market does weird things sometimes that don't always make sense, and sometimes it's just good to stick with what you got. That's true. That is true. Right, let's start with uh, the Allies players. Um, the first player we're going to talk yeah. about is Connor Ballenden, who is 199 centimetre, 95 kilo, uh, rucks uh, slash key position uh, player. Um, he's part of the Brisbane Academy. He's um, played pretty much every position uh, along the spine this year. He's done it all. He's played ruck, key defender, key mm-hmm. forward. Uh, it does remind me a lot of uh, someone like Jordan Ruffhead or Matty Lobie. Um, what are yep. your thoughts on Connor Ballenden? Oh, look, I'm a fan. Um, he could be a ruck, but... Like just seeing him against the what was it Vic Metro team, sort of playing a defence. Like he's got he's got defensive instinct, you know. You don't necessarily turn that down, and depending on who drafts him, there's definitely a role for him in that role, uh, particularly early in the career. Uh, and that might be a little bit like that um, that sort of play, like a roughhead. Uh, I suppose if he's going to Brisbane, he might be like a Lepich, who knows, being, having that ability to sort of play at both ends. Although he's probably like, might be a little. A little bit less pace than Lepich, but I think probably a more rounded player from what I can see he has the potential to become, um, which is a big That's thing a big to say. Call. Yeah. I've, look, I've got, I've got a... For an underage key position player of any kind, uh, Bellinan ticks pretty much every box I'd want. Um, okay. Yeah, no, he's good. Fair enough. He's well, right I'm, up there. I, at the start of the year, I had him number one. He was my favourite player in this year's draft, and now I've got him okay. somewhere in the 30s. I think he's about 32. He's uh, he's he's dropped down the list for me. I I just don't see where his best position is at AFL level. Um, he, he really didn't do anything um, much up forward uh, this year, um, especially at a, a championships level. He, he struggled in the ruck as well. I think his best footy looked like um, being at uh, in defence, um, and mm. I'm just not sure he's really suited there either. Um, he did play okay at NEFL level. He, he played seven matches, got to 10 touches, four marks, and, and averaged a goal and a half a game. Um, but I don't know. I was expecting a bit more from Connor this year, and, and it just didn't happen. 
Yeah, well, I mean, there's always a danger with these sorts of things where you have a high expectation one year and then it doesn't follow up the next that you uh, can over-account over for the difference. Um, I kind of feel like that might be what you're doing with Ballenden because even if he can't, even if you say he's not going to be the great forward, if he's not going to be a, a great ruckman, um, I think there's no reason. I've seen nothing that says he couldn't be an excellent defender and an excellent defender yeah. with his traits. You'd have, and I reckon he'd be edging on top 10 pretty comfortably, I would have thought. Okay. I reckon he'd be 10 to 15, yeah. Yep, fair enough. Uh, there are certainly um, traits of his that I do like. I think um, he is a strong marker of the ball, which is great. I think mm. he's got fantastic mm. skills. Like, his kicking is as good for a 199-centimetre player as, as you're going to get. Um, yep. And he does have pretty decent pace for a big guy. I think he did a 3.05 20-metre sprint at the combine, which is uh, pretty decent. Um, so he can mark strongly out on the lead, and he does know how to kick, which is great. Uh, his ruck work can be a bit of a mixed bag. Um, I'm really not expecting him to be any sort of ruckman at AFL level. He might end up a, a sort of a, a tippet type where he's sort of playing key position and, and can chop out. Uh, but I think that's probably about it. Yeah, uh, look, I think he's got the brain, which is what you know. You, I think you really want a key position defender. I think that if he goes to Brisbane, he'll play every game, and I reckon he'll become a really solid defender over time. Um, you know, not every first round pick has to be for a, a sexy player that destroys opposition. Um, you know, sometimes it is just a tall backman that plays two hundred games, and he could certainly be that guy. Okay, fair enough. Where do you think he's going to go? Who's going to bid on him? Uh, shit, I don't know. I haven't looked at the draft order. Um, I don't know, but I, I, there's always a little bit of whether it's a bit of gamesmanship to make uh, Brisbane use their first pick. But I, I think that if he's a, I think if he gets to Brisbane's first pick, I think that they would be pretty stoked to draft him any time after that, um, for sure. They'd be super happy. And I think well, they might match uh, one, a little bit earlier. So... <laughs> oh, sorry, second pick. Second yeah. pick, fine. Yeah. I think that'll definitely happen. Uh, their second pick's well. They've got four picks inside the top 19. Um, yeah. So, I don't know. I, I reckon Adelaide might be half a chance to bid, especially depending on what happens with the Charlie Cameron sort of thing. If it sort of fails or there's b- bad blood there when he does end up getting traded, Adelaide might sort of sneak in a, a, a cheeky bid just to try and get them to use... Um, some picks, and they've got 10 and 16 at the moment, so that might uh, throw them off. I think Brisbane will be hoping that um, that he falls beyond pick 19, so they can have four picks in the in the draft itself, and then use whatever they can to, to pick up Ballenden after that when the bid comes. Um, I think you might be right about the Crows there. You know, they need to replace their young key defender that they've lost, so, you know, why not? <laughs> there might be someone better available then, I don't know, or better for their club, but... Um... You know, I certainly rate him highly further the backmans, for sure. Yeah. So Johnson's I think asked he's more a question. Um, put yeah. yourself in Brisbane's shoes. How high is too high to match on a Ballinan call? Ah, shit, I don't know. I need a points calculator for that question because uh, they get the 20% off, which makes a big difference. Yeah. Um, I reckon if the Crows bid at 10, I reckon they'll match it. Any higher than that, I doubt they would. Yeah. I don't know. I kind of agree. I think ten might be the limit. I don't think um, I don't think he'll get bid on before that, um, and I don't think Brisbane would probably match before. Well, maybe they will. Look, they do need tolls, so I, I think no, no matter where he gets bid on, I, I'm pretty certain that Brisbane will um, will select him. Uh, I have a feeling he might drop down the list a little bit. I reckon a bid might come maybe from Gold Coast with some of their 20s picks. I think uh, North Melbourne with 22 at the moment looks pretty good. I think maybe Richmond with 15 or 17 might be half a chance. Um, Yeah, maybe Sydney with 14 might be half a chance or 32. Yeah, Sydney. Um, I could see Sydney. Because they probably need another toll as well. Um, Yeah. But yeah, I, he's an interesting player. I, I can certainly see him having a, a long AFL career. I'm I'm just not a hundred percent certain where his best position is at the moment. I think that he, I don't think he'll be a. I think he'll just be a really good key backman. Yep. I think that's what's going to be. I don't think there's going to be any pizzazz or anything. I think he'll just be a solid backman that you go oh, <laughs> when you're playing against them because they're shutting down your forward. I can see him taking More strong marks take, and, uh, marks. and yeah. sort of. Cleanly using the ball coming out of the back line, I, I can certainly see that happening. 
Clurie traits. Tom Clurie traits. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, next player, Braden Crossley, who's 198 centimetre, um, 105 kilo uh, ruckman from Queensland. He's part of the Gold Coast Academy. He is very much like Shane Mumford. He looks the same. He runs the same. He's got the same <laughs> haircut. Um, yeah, he's he's probably actually uh, Shane Mumford himself, I reckon. Yeah, look, I mean, I don't know how they're going to get him all across Australia because he seems to be pretty afraid of getting off the ground. Um, he, he's <laughs> he's a big. <laughs> He's a big, strong bloke. He um, he's he's good on the marks. You do see in the championships a couple of times where he just lets his opponent fly because he doesn't feel like jumping. I don't know if he doesn't feel like jumping or he just knows he's not very good at it. Um, so there's that weakness to his game. Uh, 198 sure. centimeters. You maybe that's borderline. Like 198 centimeter ruckman, I mean, you would want him to have a pretty good leap as well. Generally, yeah. um, if they're over 200, then they can get away with being you know flightless birds. But um, that's a little bit borderline. So if he's got a bit more growth in him, then he should be fine. Um, and if he's got an opportunity to sort of really work on getting a bit of leap to him, maybe his technique, I haven't really looked at it that closely, then that could be a good thing for him as well. But as far as the rest of his game, look, it's really good for Ruckman. Um, he's a quick thinker. He's pretty uh, good at uh, setting up. Um, and he gets involved a bit around the ground as well. He just doesn't jump. So that's yeah. all right. But, uh, he's very old school. Mm. For Ruckman, he's very, very old he school, is. and uh, as you said, not much of a leaper, but um, he does know how to get first hands on the ball. He's, he's quite strong in his yeah. tap work. He's really, really good when he does get hands on the ball. Um, I think he does need to improve his endurance, obviously, um, but he does find a way to work his way around the ground fairly easily. Um, he's impressive around the ground. He takes a really strong mark, and his kicking's not too bad. Not as good as uh, Ballenden, but um, you know it's acceptable. Um, he did have a really good national championships. He averaged over 16 touches and 27 hitouts, and uh, also a goal a game. He snuck forward for a goal a game and was uh, was named the Allies MVP um, as well, which was great for him. Um, he did play pretty well for um, Gold Coast in the NEFL, um as a bit of a, a mix of key forward and ruck. He averaged 12 touches and 22 hitouts a game. Um, also, also yeah, kicking 13 goals in nine matches. So he, he does know how to get the uh, the ball through the big sticks. Yeah, look, he's he's got a lot to his game. Um, here's a question for you, Maka. Do you, would you, if you had the choice, would you have him or Laddams? Laddams. Yeah, I reckon I would too. Yeah, he's more mobile. <laughs> I rate his tap work a bit better. I think he's yeah. a better kick. Yeah. Um, and I think, yeah, I rate Laddams super highly though. Um, so what does that tell you about where you'd put Crossley in this draft when we're talking about a rookie looks player from the last year? I would. Look, it's going to be interesting to see where a bid comes for Crossley. I'm not entirely mm. sure where it might come, to be honest. Um, I think he is one of the best ruckmen in this year's draft. He's got skill, he's got the size, he's decent tap. Um, he's a little bit short. He's not a leaper. I think clubs are sort of moving away from that again. Um, you know, the dogs may bid with pick 26 or 39, GWS maybe oh. as, as well. Um, but I think he might be another one that sort of falls pretty late in the draft. I think he's probably one of those guys. So I don't reckon it's the dogs that are bid for him, but when you look at his traits and his biggest weakness, like he's a guy that should be playing at Cardinia Park when it's in the middle of winter, yeah? Oh, yeah. Because that'll completely, that'll completely negate the opposition Ruckman's strengths and they'll play into all of his. So uh, uh, if, if John's got to pick around there, then um, if they don't bid, they're stupid. Yeah. <laughs> it would be a good fit for them. Yeah, for sure. I think, uh, look, Gold Coast will, will certainly uh, match any bid that comes for him. I think he'll certainly okay. go in the national draft. Um, wouldn't surprise me if mm-hmm. it's sort of in the 40s or 50s, if it, if it does come that late. Uh, I think he's a better player than that. Um, I just don't... Yeah, I, I'm just not sure where a bid's going to come. Well, I mean, this comes down to... I think that... Haven't said it, but I kind of feel like a part of it is just the doubt about you know if you only have one ruck in a team these days, is he your ruck? Um, and that is probably a fair question. Um, in a two ruck setup, yeah, you can definitely find room for him, um, I reckon. But if you're a one ruck club, then mm, don't know, don't know. You'd want a bit more versatility. Um, and I'm not saying it's not versatile, but in terms of the actual ruck work, ruckmen are there to ruck, um, so you'd want that little bit extra agility, I reckon. Yeah, for sure. Uh, next player is uh, one of my favourites, Adam Sambono, who's 185 centimetre, 68 kilo um, bookmark 
the flying yeah. bookmark. He's yeah. from NT Thunder and the Allies. Uh, he plays as a small forward and um, along the wing. He's very reminiscent of 18-year-old Nathan Cracker for me. Oh, yes, exactly. That was what I was going to say. Yes, I totally agree. He's very reminiscent of him. Yeah. Um, he's got the. He's all arms and legs. Um, he runs pretty hard. He's taken marks and all that sort of stuff. He's pretty accountable. Um, he. It's very much like him. I agree completely. Yep. Looks like he could sneeze and get blown like twenty meters backwards by the power of his sneeze, sort of thing. He's that light. Um, but he's damn impressive. Yeah. He is very, very impressive. Um. Super, super talent. One of the most talented players in this year's draft, I think. I think he's got elite skills. He's got elite evasiveness. Loads of X factor. Um, he's a really nice left foot kick, especially for goal. Um, and he's performed exceptionally well this year. Uh, he, he really did impress for the Allies in his two games. He averaged uh, 12 disposals, five marks, and a goal a game. His season at NEFL level was super impressive. He kicked 32 goals in 11 matches. Um, only went goalless uh, twice. Um, he had a bag of six, a couple of bags of five, and a couple of bags of four as well. Um, so he did have a very, very good season this year. Look, I like him. He has got one weakness, which as a 20-year-old playing against mostly 18-year-olds concerns me. Um, in that we saw early in the game against Vic Metro, like he just had a lot of trouble getting near it when the ball was in congested space. Yep. He just he, he can't he, he can't fight for the ball, um, but that's not what he's built to do. Um, but it is that that does sort of make me wonder if there's a bit of weakness going forward. Like if he's the sort of guy that if you put a close check on him, he can be shut down that sort of thing. Um, but as soon as he's got a bit of space, he can be very damaging, and that's exciting. Uh, yep. So I I don't know whether you overlook the that one weakness, which is exploitable. You know. Um, I was a bit worried that he might just be a little bit of a marking forward, but he, he does crumb a bit too, so that's good. He needs yep. he needs that aspect to his game because if he's just a super light um, marking small, like we know what ends up with those players. So yeah, um, probably he's not. not I, I don't think he is that. No. no. So I don't know. I don't know. I've got it. I've I've coloured him green as opposed to red or yellow on my spreadsheet, mm-hmm. um, which means that if Fort get him, I'll, I won't. Be, I'll be pretty okay with that because I think he feels a need for us. I think at age 20, that's good for us where we are as a club right now. He's probably, if not physically all that strong, he's probably a little bit more mature um, than an 18-year-old in terms of maybe potentially stepping up to AFL level. Um, don't know. Don't know. I, I, um, I think we could be a club that would draft him. Yeah, I, I think uh, potentially as well. I've got him at number 33 on my list at the moment. Yeah. Um, and we've got pick 33, so I think he'll be around the mark. Um, I can certainly see Adelaide looking at him as a Cameron replacement. Um, I think the Dogs would be interested. Um, I think Hawthorne love these types of players as well. I think Frio might be a a team which is interested. Um, It's really interesting, I think, where he might go. Um, I think a lot of clubs will will rate him pretty highly, but will have question marks over his size, um, whether he's going to be able to handle the pressures of of top-level football. Um... I can see him going as high as 15. I can also see him dropping to the rookie draft. If he goes as high as 15, I will think that they've definitely drafted him too early. But um, I think they'd have had a couple of players every year, so that's all right. That's not necessarily a bad thing. Yep. Um, sometimes they're good players. I thought that Geelong drafted Andrew Mackey too early back in the day, so there you go. <laughs> uh, well, they probably did, but it worked yeah. out. <laughs> it worked exactly. And as long as it works out, well... What can you do? What can you say? So, yeah, um, uh, yeah like I said, I, I, I can see him at Port Adelaide. I can see him fitting in pretty well, um, uh, potentially playing games in 2018 for us. So that's, uh, you know, not saying that should be the main consideration in drafting, but it should be a consideration when it, we're recruiting also for a role that we are a little bit weak at as well. So yeah. um, that's what makes him sort of, I think, hit the sweet spot. And I think he might be right on 33. Um, I, I don't disagree with that at all. Look, I think he'd be able to learn quite a lot from guys like Wingard and, and Motlop coming in as well. Um, I think he'd. Uh, I think we are the type of club which would look after him, and I think we would be the type of club which could get the best out of him. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe. 
Next player is uh, Jacob Dawson, who's a 182-centimetre, 80-kilo midfielder um, from Queensland. He's part of the Gold Coast Academy. A bit more of a speculative pick, this one. Um, He plays a lot like Jared Lyons, I reckon. He's quite a skillful inside mid. Can also play some defensive roles through the midfield as well. Um, What are your thoughts on Jacob? I think he might have a bit of the Adam Thompsons. I think he's very good in close, and I think that as soon as he's not in close, I don't really rate him very much at all. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's all inside at the moment, um, which makes mm. me think he he might make a decent tagger um, at some level. Uh, he did have a reasonable game, uh, sorry, a reasonable season. Played 11 games this year at, uh, at an equal level. Um, averaged 17 touches and three clearances a game. Um, he had a big uh, game in round 16 against Redland, um, uh, sorry, against GWS, where he picked up 24 disposals and, te- and 10 clearances, uh, which was quite a good effort, and um, had a good final series as well, with uh, 15 disposals and two goals against Northern Territory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't, I, I I don't, don't have much more to say. Goes. Yeah, I, I don't think he's I... got the tricks to make it at AFL level at this point. I think Gold Coast might be a club which will just rookie him, because I'll have a free crack at him. Um, but I think that's probably about where he goes. Like, he's only a step above Jacob Rolls from last year, really, in my view. Um, yeah. Is that sort of one-dimensional midfielder. So, nah. Not I would say Rolls is probably a bit better. Oh, yeah, I don't know. I think that in really close, I think Clayton... Oh, sorry, Dawson might be a bit better. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Right, next player is uh, Sam Davidson, who's a 180-centimetre, 70-kilo outside midfielder, um, also part of the Gold Coast Academy. Um, I really rate his skills. I I rate his football nous exceptionally highly, but he just doesn't get the ball. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah. I don't have much more to add than that. Um, I, I just didn't see much of him that made me... I didn't see him enough that I thought, oh, that's a player. Um, yeah, no, I, he's he's got a little bit, of, little bit of football in him, but that's probably enough to play at state league, and that's mm. probably about it. So I think he's got the Carl Amons in him from when he got drafted. I, I feel he's a, a fairly similar player to that, but I think he just needs to find yeah. some sort of way to find more of the ball. He only averaged nine touches a game for the Allies at the championships. He didn't do much better at NEFL level either. Um, the sad thing is that when he gets the ball, something good tends to happen. Like he's a he's a really nice kick. He's got really good speed. He uses the ball really well going inside fifty, um, and he can kick a really nice goal too. Um, but if you're only getting the ball nine times a game at any level, well, I think you're going to struggle. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So again, I, I feel oh, honestly, like, I was. Um, I was a little bit surprised that you singled him out as an Allies player to talk about. To be frank, <laughs> uh, yeah, as I said, this is the speculative uh, part of this podcast. Um, yeah, I, I agree, but I mean, you didn't even look at Thomas Mundy, so I don't know. <laughs> I reckon he's got a bit. Mm, possibly. Um, look, I again, I think he's similar to Dawson, where I think Gold, if, if he's going to go anywhere, it'll be Gold Coast as a free rookie pick, and that'll be it. Um, but, but not sure, not sure on him. Um, the next player who is um, reasonably exciting is James Bell, who's um, part of the Sydney Swans Academy. He's 183 centimetres. He plays as a back flank or on a wing, very similar to someone like Cedric Cox, who got drafted last year. Uh, lightning quick, very, very quick. Um, did a sub 2.8 20-metre sprint time in the preseason, which is uh, which is super, super quick. Yeah, I'm not all that bullish on Bell, and I'm finding it hard to pinpoint. Um, I guess I'm sort of seeing him not as an outside player so much. He feels a bit impish, I guess. Like with MP, yeah. I had the, the the thought that you know he had the ability to be a bit physical and maybe run really hard, but it didn't work out. I kind of feel he's in a similar sort of category. I think he. He does a couple of tricks, but I think that largely his like his actual ball use lacks a bit of finesse. Um, yeah, I would agree. And so that's a concern for an outside player. Um, and that made me think, well, is he maybe... Uh, I've put a note down here. Is he the sort of 
Lofiness utility that North Melbourne would draft late and turn into a 100-game player, and I think maybe, yeah. <laughs> Quite possibly, yeah. Um, that, that's exactly the sort of player he feels like to me, like that North Melbourne player, you go, oh, geez, you know, he had a bit of talent. He went really weirdly late, and North Melbourne picked him up, and then, you know, 100 games later, he's mm. been cheered off the field, so, yeah. You know, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can yeah. see that happening. As I said, he's, he's super, super quick, but I don't think he really knows how to use his pace to advantage at this point in time. Aye. I think he is a bit too defensive-minded in that aspect. I think, um, whilst I said he's a back flanker or possibly a wing, uh, again, he needs to find a way to to find more of the ball. Um, I do agree he is quite impish, um, including sort of running himself into trouble. Um he's yeah. done that a fair bit this year but I do like him I, I like his size I think he's a really good size I, I think he's someone that clubs are certainly going to look at oh look there's no doubt they'll look at him um, yeah yeah, he's, he's he's got something but he's a long way from a complete package oh, um, and the, the doubts like low finesse outside like that's just really that doesn't have a lot of currency in the AFL yeah um, mm. So he's got a lot to work on. That's fair. I don't think he'll go in the first couple of rounds, but come sort of pick <sighs> no. 45 onwards, I think uh, he's a chance to get bid on. And I think no matter where he yep. gets bid on, I think Sydney will match. Um, because I, I can certainly see him being that sort of Sydney-type player which will just perform a role um, and do it yeah. reasonably well. Yeah, no, I could could see that, sure. Um, but I agree with you in his place in the draft. I don't reckon he'll go real early at all. Uh, next player is Zach Bailey, who is a 180-centimetre midfielder. Um, plays at Norwood, but is part of the uh, the Allies and part of uh, Northern Territory as well. Uh, he reminds me a lot of Dylan Clark from last year. He's just a bowl magnet. Uh, knows how to find the bowl. Um, he was uh, one of the stars for the Allies at the Championships. He averaged 17 touches, 4.5 tackles, and, and over three clearances a game. Uh, he was named best on ground in two games against uh, South Australia and Vic Metro, uh, which saw, which was enough to see him named All-Australian um, at the championships as well. Uh, he's played three games for Nord at under-18 level this year um, and averaged 25 touches and six clearances a game. So he certainly knows how to find the footy. Yeah, look, there's no doubt about that. And I think that when you're talking about Zach Bailey, that's where the conversation starts. Um, and I don't think it goes all that much further. Um, I, here's a fun thing if you're listening to this you're obviously a little bit into the draft and if you're that much into the draft watch his highlights against uh, South Australia and Vic Metro on YouTube uh, and count the number of short kicks he does uh, I think there's three maybe and one of them's atrocious um, he is a hoofer uh, he plays like Simon Goodwin back in the 90s He, uh, if you can't <laughs> handball it to someone he'll kick it forward as long and as far as he can um, which is great 20 years ago now, I think that with the press, uh, you know, if you're trying to find a way forward, which is what the situation is trying to do it, and they've got a lot of people behind the ball because uh, they're moving back quite quickly. Um, gee, I don't know. He could be up against it pretty hard. Like, putting up against McGovern in the back lines, oh, God, have a field day. Mm. Um, so that's a huge, for me, that's a really, oh, not huge, it's a significant impact. But at the end of the day, he's still finding the ball a hell of a lot, and he does, he's still pretty good with the handball too in close. Um, yeah. But so again, that, that's we're talking the first about it. part. That's yeah. the first part. You got to yeah. know how to like. He's the opposite of Sam Davidson. You got to know how to find the ball, and he knows how to yeah. find the ball. Yeah. He's a real natural yeah, ball yeah. winner. As you said, one of my notes here is that uh, he's very much an old-fashioned footballer, um, and I do like mm-hmm. his call of nineties uh, Simon Goodwin, um, who just sort of bangs it forward as hard as he can, and, and that's about it. And look, that's kind of what Dylan Clark did last year as well. He was able to find mm-hmm. obscene amounts of the footy, but. Um, there was queries over his bowl use, and we saw him sort of pre-draft rated, you know, on the edge of the first round, um, and he ended up falling quite a bit below that, and was uh, and was more of a late draft pick. And I feel like Zach Bailey might be a similar sort of player this year, um, whereas he, he might go as high as twenty-five if someone really, really likes him, and uh, likes the fact that he's a, a natural bowl winner. Um, but I can certainly see him dropping quite a fair way down the draft pool as well. Yeah, well, because, I mean, the, the thing, I think even Clark is a little bit taller. Um, like Zach Bailey's coming in at 180 centimetres for a contested ball winner. That knocks you down a round automatically, just about. Um, 
if if you're a small contested ball winner, it's it's really tough in the AFL to be successful. And the good ones are really good, absolutely. Um, but the difference between really good and not AFL standard, there's not a lot in it. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, uh, with the fact that he doesn't also have quality disposal, um, uh, by foot. Yeah. Don't know. Do you don't think know. it's something that um he can learn to grow and improve over time? I kind of feel like the way he did it, it felt like he was almost avoiding doing that. Like he knows, I think this is something probably a lot of players do. We don't really think about too much is that like he knew he was performing for everyone. Um, And so when you're performing for everyone and you know, you have a weakness, then you do whatever you can to not expose that weakness. And I feel that's how he played. Like he played, if you couldn't handball it, he hoofed it. Cause if you hoof it, there's a little bit more tolerance given for being a bit wayward. But if you stuff up a short or medium kick like that, that's a death knell, you know, um, for for a guy in the in the championships. Like, there's a few guys in the championships that we're not talking about tonight, and you'd have to say that was probably the biggest weakness is they couldn't kick short. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I kind of wonder if he's tried to gain the championships to some extent. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether he's working on it privately or not, who knows? Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, one of my other notes that I've got here is that uh, it might be his hard running and in, and his um, exceptional endurance, which does affect his foot skills because he runs all day. And it might be that he's um, running a bit too hard um, and isn't sort of settling before he kicks too much. Yeah, I don't know. Like that seems like the sort of th- exact sort of thing that a, uh, uh, an under 18s coach pays attention to. Yeah. Really. Like that's that's not that's not a weird late discovery like Daniel Pierce needing glasses. You know, this is, that's like a rudimentary under 12 sort of thing, isn't it? Hmm. Potentially, but a lot of clubs do that. Uh, sorry, a lot of players do sort of um, do that, and they don't sort of settle before they yeah. kick, and that's something that they do learn at AFL level. Yeah, but okay, yeah. Like this, if it's if it was only sometimes, I'd say yeah, but it's kind of every time. Yeah. Um, you know, even the guys that are inconsistent, like they do have a like Sam Pepper last year, like he still knew how to slow down occasionally in his highlights, right? <laughs> you know, like that was not every time full pelt and then kick. Like, that's that's a different sort of thing, in my view. Yeah. Hmm. I don't mind him. Where do you think he might sort of uh, end up on draft night? Uh, I don't know. Um, I would not be surprised to see him drop pretty low. Um, he might be around the same pick as uh, Bell, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think uh, Frio might be keen might with... Him Pick 41, 42, they've got at the moment. I reckon that would be about the range for him. I reckon we might be interested with pick 49 at the moment. Nah. I can certainly see Snelling. Yeah. I see your point. Snelling, but... Snelling, is, Snelling is Zach Bailey in two years' time. You know, that, we've already got him. Mm. I do see your point, but I still... Well, we don't even know if we're going to keep Snelling yet, so... We shouldn't get Bailey. Mm. Yeah, look, for me, I think he falls a little bit later um, in that sort of 40s, 50s, yeah. sort of 60s range. And there I think he provides pretty good value. He could end up a decent AFL player. He could end up a 100, 150-game player. Um, but I think there's enough doubt there. There's enough queries over his kicking that um, modern-day footy um, pro- probably wouldn't be picking him uh, in the top 20 or 25. The kicking, the size, and the fact he's a contested footballer, I think 40s is the earliest he'd go, and I think he could go down to rookie or undrafted, um, which would be a huge shock for everyone, I imagine. But, yeah. I reckon he'll definitely get drafted. Um, wouldn't surprise me if it is a rookie peeper. I don't know. I can't see him going undrafted. I don't know. That would be a shock. That know. would be a big shock. It would be a shock. That's true. Yeah, maybe he wouldn't. He'll probably get a shot on someone's rookie list. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Uh, next player, Hugh Dixon, 195 centimetre, 92 hey. ki- uh, kilo key forward um, from Greensboro in Tasmania. Um, my comparison is uh, Mitch Thorpe. Remember him? Huh? I do. Thorpey. I, I was going to compare. I was going to compare him to Ben Brown myself. Okay. Uh, interesting. Why do you compare him to Ben Brown? Um, because he just seems to be a very conventional key forward. He's got a he's a big lad, um, and it feels like it 
possible to rate him a little bit lower than maybe he probably merits going, but he could end up being quite good. Okay, fair enough. Um, That's my thought. He had a pretty good year. Like he did, uh, he did exceptionally well at the champs. He kicked nine goals for the Allies. He was their main target up forward. Averaged uh, eleven touches and three marks for the champs. Well, he is big and strong. He's got good size, good strength, uh, and, and he's. I think he's a really, really good mark as well. Um, uses his body um, to advantage in the contest, which is great. And allows himself a bit of extra space to take marks. Um, but the one big query I've got over him is his lack of pace. He's got the turning mm. circle of the Queen Mary. It's not just his lack of pace, but like his, his whole thing. It's like he's on slow motion um, some of the time. Yeah. You could see you could see that when he wasn't the one at the end of it, his teammates knew where to run because they could tell from his body language what he was going to do in five minutes' time, you know. Um, <laughs> he, he, uh, he, he telegraphs, which is okay, I guess, under 18s with all the players not knowing each other. Um yeah, he he looks really slow, but he still manages to keep up with guys a lot. I, I think that there's a little bit of the he looks more laconic than he is to him in a different way to Marshall last year. Um, but he's going to be a big lad. And then I think the concern will be, like, if he does, you know, become, like, AFL player build, like, will he slow down more and will that be a liability? I think that's a real question. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, and he, it, he's... We're talking about old-fashioned footballers like this is it, yeah? <laughs> you know, he, he he's a leading marking strong forward that you know um, in the plugger era. Oh God, he'd be he'd be gold. He'd be he'd be number one just about. Yeah. Um, but now, don't know, don't know. It it kind of it's going to come down to fitness assessments. I kind of feel um, as to whether he can get that a bit bit extra speed. Whether he can whether he's proves to have a really good tank or something. Um, could go either way. A bit of the Mason Shaws, I guess, as well. Yeah. Mm. It reminds me of that song from the Coulda Beans back in the 90s. Um, I am the music man. Um, I'm going to okay. do the Jason Dunstall lead mark, kick a goal, kick a goal. You know, that sort of thing. He's <laughs> just very, very yeah. one-dimensional. Like, that's all he does. Um, makes me think that maybe yeah. he might be able to make it as a key defender um, if he can s- sort of learn... Um, to sort of transition back there, um, but look, I, I just don't—I don't see him getting picked up in the national draft. I can see someone maybe taking a punt in the rookie draft. I'd be pretty stoked if we took a punt on him in the rookie draft if we didn't draft him. I like him. Um, I don't know exactly how he'd fit in a t- in a team with Charlie Dixon, which is a huge reservation because, like, I think that he is. Pushing oh, I think to be a, a number one key forward in a team, yeah. Pretty simple. He wouldn't. <laughs> no, he wouldn't. He wouldn't. No, that, 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 yeah, he wouldn't. Um, the question is whether in two years' time he could be a if break glass in case a replacement, and maybe. Yeah. Um, he's just very much a structural key forward if he succeeds at AFL level. So yeah. that's something that some clubs really need right now, and that's something that some clubs don't need at all. Um, I can. I would. He, he'll get drafted. Um, I'm really sure of that. Um, I like him a lot. Yeah. A, if, <laughs> there are if only he had more pace. That is uh, that is the big thing that's holding him back. If he had more pace, I think he would be a Monty to get picked uh, in the national draft. So, so I think someone might take a punt in the rookie draft. Or maybe it might be that it might take a year or two to see how he goes at sort of VFL or uh, SANFL level um, to see how he goes there before getting a crack. Um, nah. But I do like him. I like his kicking. I like his marking. Um, yeah, I, I think he's a decent player. Uh, I just think physically he just falls a bit short of modern-day AFL footy. I kind of think, for me, this is this draft for Dixon probably more than a lot of players. Like, this is his career. I think if he goes to play in the SNFL or the Waffle or the VFL or whatever... Um, he won't get what he needs most, which is to see whether his frame can adapt to the agility needed at a level. If he if he only plays state league and he gets state league, you know, trading all that sort of stuff, then what's going to happen was what's going to naturally happen with his build. He's just going to bulk up. He's going to big big strong key forward, and he's not going to improve his speed enough to really get looked at for an AFL spot. Um, he's at a very specific point, kind of like Dan Cox, I guess. For the, he's the big the big one from the past uh, at West Coast. How he's just a big lad that didn't really run. Yeah. Uh, 
you know, if, if he'd had to be to Pure Thunder until he was 21 or something, like he, he wouldn't have become the Dean Cox we know now, I'm pretty sure. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I think he gets drafted or we don't hear from him again. Okay, um, fair enough. But if he gets but if he gets drafted, I think he, he he depending on the side he goes to, he could be quite good. Um, I don't know. I like him. I do too. I hope he but gets that's picked not, up. But that's not a, yeah. Me, me liking him is not a measure that he's going to become a successful player. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, me either. Hence uh, the Mitch Thorpe <laughs> comparison. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I was, I was so shattered we didn't pick me? him up that day. Um, Oh, uh, I wasn't. No, I was. Oh, he was, he was the player that I wanted with Boke's pick, but uh, I thought we made a big mistake there. But, uh, yeah, pretty happy he only played, what, one game, two games? That was about it. I think all I think all of Big Footy was, well, not all of, but, you know, most of Big, uh, Port Big Footy was disappointed we didn't that we drafted Boke. Um, I was kind of okay with us drafting Thorpe or Selwood, and the fact that we drafted a midfielder other than Selwood just had me completely, rah, mm. um, which... Yeah, I don't know that there was that too much in it. In the end, would still would have become the same player, don't I? Hmm. So. Last player is uh, Jack Clayton, who's 184 centimetre, 77 kilo, outside middle, small defender from Queensland. He's part of the Brisbane Academy as well. Um, he reminds me a lot of someone like Matthew Yench, uh, former Crows player and uh, dickhead. Um, uh, failed to win a lot of the ball at the championships. Picked up at 12 touches and three marks a game. Did play in, the, in a uh, premiership with the Brisbane Lions at NEFL level, though. Uh, what do you think of Jack? Uh, not much. I don't see anything exceptional in him at all. So He's very no, vanilla. Um, super vanilla. He's very vanilla, but he's the sort of vanilla that I think Brisbane like. And I think they'll definitely rookie him. And I think um, I can see see him playing sort of 40 or 50 nondescript games for the Brisbane Lions. Yeah, well, I mean, that's, you know, he's got a lot of good company, or a lot of mediocre company there, and probably will do that at Brisbane, because that's what most of the players do. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't see anything there that made me think he was worth drafting at any level. So, Fair I reckon he's rookie at best. The reason why I... Well... I won't say I don't mind him. The reason why I think he's draftable to to Brisbane is that I think he's got a really good kick. Um, I think he hits targets regularly, which is great. I think he's quite a classy player. Um, He can take the game on. He's got good speed coming out of the back line. Um, Does like to receive the ball, can sort of get around opponents. So I think he's got some AFL traits in him. as I said, I, I just think he's that sort of nondescript vanilla player that sort of Brisbane pick up on rookie lists and he'll play sort of you know, 40 games over the next sort of four or five years and that'll be it. Yeah, I don't reckon he'll even do that. I think he's the sort of nondescript player that Brisbane pick and then he gets listed three years later and you can't Maybe even remember what year he was drafted in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. so it's funny then. Yep. Yeah. Yes. Well, that's it. That All is right. it for tonight. We've got uh, another Allies um, draft podcast on Thursday where we'll talk about uh, some other players like Jared Brander, who's obviously very highly rated, Nick Shipley, uh, yeah. Charlie Spargo, very highly rated as well, Jack Powell. Um, quite a few players that might be in sort of uh, talks with Port, maybe, um, or roundabouts uh, for our picks. We'll see what happens there. Um, but yeah, look, overall, it's not a great allies crop this year, is it? To be honest. Um, no, but similarly, I think that the weakness in the crop is with the academy players. So, from a Port Adelaide perspective, I don't think a lot's changed. Yep, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. So, what have we decided tonight yeah. that uh, Sam Bono's worth picking up? That's about it. I, I, rec- uh, I reckon Sam is worth picking up. I reckon uh, I, I probably would rookie Dixon. That wouldn't be me, but obviously you've got a probably different view on that. Um, yeah, and I don't think any of the players will really come into our considerations. So, yeah. I'd be happy with Sam Bono at one of our picks. I think uh, Connor Ballenden will be a decent player. He'll get picked up um, by Brisbane, no doubt. Same with Crossley with Gold Coast. Um, yeah. And as I said, I like James Bill, and I think Bailey... Um, has enough 
to get drafted in the national draft, but later than people expect. He's the big footy special yeah, I... this year, I reckon, Zach Bailey. He's the one where people sort of look at him and go, oh, yeah, he'll be sort of around about, around about the first round. Um, and then everyone will be shocked that he doesn't get picked in the first round. Yeah, they'll be progressively shocked as um, different phantom drafts with insiders slowly start dropping him down the list. Mm. <laughs> That's what will be the real, the real tester. Like, uh, I don't know, weather warnings before Godzilla comes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Uh, here's a question. Um, do you think we're going to get higher in the draft in the next few days of draft week? Oh, I'd love to. I don't think we will. I think we might. Uh, do you mean higher in terms of our first pick or just higher anywhere? Well, more more to the point where people will start listening to this podcast. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, well, I hope people are listening anyway. Thanks, guys. Um, I, I think we might be able to work out... I don't think our picks will be 30, 33, 49, 62. I think it might end up being like 30, 33... 40, 45, you know, something like that. I think we'll be able to improve our later position a bit. Um, I'm not sure we'll get higher than pick 30, though. No, maybe not. Maybe not. Well, yeah, it really depends. Like, yeah, I don't know. It depends on what happens with a guy like Young and Archie, I guess. But um, And also, it might also depend on what other clubs are struggling to do a deal and we pop in and just offer a shuffle of draft picks with them as well. That's happened before. Yeah. So... Yeah, I guess it's kind of different this year, isn't it? I mean, last year we had those four pretty high picks, and yeah. um, we kind of knew the players that we might get picked around our picks, and we pretty much nailed it on draft night, I think. I think what we our, did, uh, yeah. Predictions were. Um, this year it's, it's a lot harder. It's a lot harder because the draft is so even later on that you just don't know who's going to go where. And I have a feeling it's going to be like our strike rate in uh, 2014, I think it was, where. We didn't even mention Jesse Palmer and Dougal Howard and Logan Austin <laughs> in no, our draft podcast, no, no. and um, we had to sort of scrounge around and find out who these players are. Yeah, we weren't really looking at academy players back then, but I guess no. we are a bit more now. That's it. Mm. All right. Well, that's it for this evening, and uh, yeah, we'll be back on Thursday. Fantastic. Hopefully, right. so we can talk about uh, the recruitment of Jack Watts. Yeah, and not Aaron Francis. <laughs> <laughs> Not a fan of Aaron? Ah, uh, look, there's just too many red flags in this, and he's an Essendon player, so you know you're going to pay you know, a, Jan- a Danny Jacobs sort of rate to get him, and then who knows what's going to happen. Nah. I don't know. I, he could do like a Tom Lynch. He smells Lynch. of Gorringe. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think he more smells of Tom Lynch, who did nothing at St Kilda, went to the Crows, and has become a, a very, very good player. I think he might be that Gosh, sort of that's thing. that's a big call. That's a huge call, Macca. You reckon? Phenomenal, yeah. He was a very high draft oh, pick, know. Aaron Francis, pick six or whatever he was. I don't know. I think yeah, he's got you... massive talent. Um, he was one of my favourites that year. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm quite surprised that he's struggled so badly, but you never know. In a new environment back home, he might, uh, you know, he might pull out the goods. And yeah, I, I can certainly see it uh, happening at the Crows. I'm not sure where he would fit in here. I, I, I would try and turn him into a, uh, a a key forward of some description, like a third toll sort of thing, like we're trying to go with Jack Watts if he did end up coming here, if we don't get Jack Watts for whatever reason. But I don't know. I'm, I'm a big fan of Francis and, yeah, I don't know. Well, I mean, I guess the thing one. is, like, if we, did, if we did trade for him, I don't think we'd get him for any less than what we'd give up for Jack Watts. Um, and it's just... Like the the Essendon side, like he, he, you would really think he'd be able to crack into it. Um, do we need to recruit a, a, a high cost third tall forward? Don't know. Maybe like that. That's completely unproven at AFL level. Hmm. Oh, that's the thing about Watts. Like he might have limitations, but he's got strengths that are proven at AFL level. Um, so that makes him much more viable than a guy that just seems to be failing out at this point. Yeah. It's um yeah it's a shame because he was very highly rated and uh, he looked like a very very good player but I guess this is uh, this is what happens isn't it? Well, it might be a bit of the Jay Schultz's as well, you know. Um, 
in that uh, Jay, obviously, he had a, a long period where he was linked to coming home, and then it took like three or four years before he finally did. Yeah. Um, it might be that just, we're waiting for the price to go down before we do anything. So it might be the Port are interested, but they're just waiting. Well, I um, think he which, would be know, the perfect lever replacement for the Crows, to be honest. Yeah, maybe. Because that maybe. suits his game perfectly. I remember watching him play... Um, one of his under-18 games, and he took about 18 marks doing what Jake Lever does, just sort of doing whatever he wanted and just, you know, slinked off in front and took all these marks and, you know, just looked like a bloody superstar. But um hasn't worked out for him. No, no. Hmm. In any, anyway, let's hope we get Jack Watson. We don't have to think about it. Wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't that be, would nice be nice just to, to close that off? That'd, That'd be, be really great. Good. Get the trifecta and, uh, yeah. Trade off Maddie Lobby and then we'll be good. <laughs> I did see that um, uh, Brisbane are pretty keen on Maddie. Um, we must have shown them, some, uh, shown them some highlights from uh, 2010 or something. So that's great. <laughs> um, fingers You're crossed. like Keegan Brooksby, but better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's it. All right. Uh, Until Thursday. Okay. Can't appear. Can't port. One last hurrah. Loads up. They need a mark and then a goal. West off almost. Motluck couldn't quite. Enright. Good tackle. Cassisi to win it. Cassisi does win it. Oh!